Hi guys, I'm Dana Hanbeli and this is something to consider. In the words of one of the world's greatest philosophers, the best form of philosophy is the contemplation of the universe of nature. It is for this purpose that God made human beings and gave them a godlike intellect. You see for Aristotle, philosophical contemplation is the ultimate end for human beings. which is one of the many reasons I love having conversations with interesting people on this show one of which you're about to meet my guest today is a creative at heart he began his journey as an art director in the world of advertising before co-founding his own company and began his work in filmmaking but his true passion began when he asked himself a question what would happen if philosophy married creativity With that came a new era of expression in his life with the launch of the Novel Philosophy Academy which is a hub for creative thinkers to learn principles around creative problem solving behavior change critical speaking and communication skills They also host workshops to train leaders on ethical formations to advance their positive leadership impact in organizations All of this and more with a rational philosophical thinking as the core foundation to all of those curriculums. He is a public speaker and the host of a podcast which I still believe has the best name for a show called Ideas on Trial, which challenges undisputed ideas that are culturally accepted through a philosophical lens. Leopold Ajami, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to Something to Consider. Thank you for having me Dana. You know, I met Leopold through a friend of mine and I think it's safe to say that we became fast friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I knew I wanted you on the show from when I first met you and I even knew what we were going to talk about. <laughs> and it's love. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And I think it's one of those topics that consumes a lot of us because we're so attached to our own personal expectations of it and we almost define it in our heads before even giving ourselves a chance to enjoy or experience it. But before we jump into that, I want to kick off by giving the audience a little bit of context about you. So, what can you share with us on the context of your life to better understand how your path led you from the fast-paced world of advertising and communications to the introspective world of philosophy and critical thinking? Sure. Be- be- before I talk about myself, I want to just do a call back about what you just said. Mm. So, I have a friend who's really he, he loves what I do. Mm. And so every time I see him he asks me like well, what are you doing now? And I tell him what well, I have this workshop let's say on a creativity or I'm coaching someone on public speaking or I'm uh, uh, you know just doing a talk on leadership and he's he's one of these people who is uh, so inquisitive and so curious and he's like always asking questions. and he asked me like what do you mean by creativity like can you tell me how would you define strategy how would you you know like he's so curious and i met him yesterday and he asked me what you're up to and i'm like i have this podcast with a great friend of mine and we're considering to talk about love and what i got from him was oh just this barely audible Oh. Oh wow. Nothing. So he didn't no. even have a response. No. Okay. And it made me think like why we're so afraid of this topic. It's intimidating. Right? It is. Yeah. It's so intimidating. It exposes us. It does. Right? Uh, and 
I think there's a lot of relationship between that and philosophy and my love for philosophy. Ultimately, philosophy is the love of wisdom. Oh, I like right? that. Yeah, that, that's what it means. Philo is the love and Sophia is wisdom. Oh, wow. So philosophia is the love of wisdom. Wow. Right? And it's really the, the art of taking ideas seriously. So Ooh. that's what philosophy is all about. I love that. Now, my journey, there's an interesting story there. Like, think about your life. Like, have you ever felt that while growing up, you didn't know what you want to do in your life? Of course. All of us. Of course. But there are these people who at age of 10, they say, you know what? I want to be a writer. And they grow and become a writer. Yeah. I want to be a dancer, a singer. They know what they want to do. And I was always kind of positively jealous from these people, right? Mm. I didn't know what to, uh, I want to do in my life. Uh, but I knew that I had all these passions. I love creativity. I love strategy. I love challenges. I love movies, films, you know. Uh, and so, uh, but I couldn't find a way to make sense of all of these passions until one day I read the, the notebooks of Leonardo da Vinci. Okay. And in there, he speaks about one of his tools uh, that he invented and it's called technique. It's mm. called sfumato. Okay. I love that. And sfumato really means the art of integrating so many layers mm. and meanings in the painting, so many tones and colors, until what you see is something that is breathing life, like the Mona Lisa. Wow. So you don't see the outlines, you don't see the thinking, you don't see the layers. It's purely integrated in a way that you look at it and it looks like coming out of the smoke. Wow. Right? It's so beautiful. And I was like, wow, how can I use that technique of sfumato to integrate all my skills and put all these pieces together for the hope of creating a masterpiece out of myself, right? Wow. Which I'm very far from it. But uh, uh, this led me to integrate, and that's what I do, the integration of creativity and communication and speaking and thinking and all of that. But then I felt there's something missing. There's a missing link, which is it's like you're building a, a, a building and you go, like, okay, I'm building first floor, second floor, third floor. But what about the foundation? Mm. And this is where I discovered that the foundation is philosophy. It's the foundation of all science. It's the foundation of everything we do. And it asks the most fundamental question like, who am I? Yeah. Where am I? How do I know? What should I do in my life? Right? Mm. And that's where I came to this that's why I created Novel Philosophy Academy, because I wanted to bring philosophy, creativity and communication as foundational skills, not just for a job, but for living and loving life. So that's me. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. OK, so if I were to ask you, what is the philosophical framework or approach that you have to understand the world that we live in? Is there a specific process that you follow or is it just this idea of kind of approaching things in a layered way where you really dissect and explore? Uh, no, there is, absolutely. And actually, I have to say, uh, if anyone listening is saying to himself, ah, philosophy, <laughs> who needs it, right? I sympathize. Uh -huh. Why? Because 90% of philosophers throughout history, they wrote as a reply to other philosophers. And that's why their writing is so esoteric. Mm -hmm. It's so conceptual. And 90% of the times it means nothing. Mm. 
Mm. It's completely irrational and completely destructive. Wow. So one of the workshops I did, I'm not going to go into that, but just quickly, is on history and the relationship between history and philosophy. Mm. And you see why all the wars that we have uh, throughout history is a result of philosophy, of terrible philosophy. Wow. So definitely I have a framework. I, I can put it this way. My framework is very simple. It's about uh, reality and reason, mm. right? So my approach is you have to treat reality as it is. Reality exists. You have to treat it as it is. And how do you know it? Well, you have to use your mind. You have to use reason in order to guide your actions and choices in your life, right? And that combination should guide your ethical code in your life. Nice. You see? So my ethical code is not based on someone told me that's good, mm -hmm. but how can I prove that something is good? And you can see it in your life. There's a big difference between knowing that uh, honesty is good or just being honest because the culture around you is telling you you have to be honest. Mm -hmm. So that's my, uh, briefly as I can put it, my philosophy. Interesting. And would it be fair to say that that's a rational way of living? Absolutely. And that's the Aristotelian way in many respects. Of, that's why I love when you say Aristotle. <laughs> I know. I, I put that in there for you. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's a good segue into the next big question. What does it mean to give and receive love? Why do we need it? Hmm. So I, I have a framework on why do we need love? But let me first say that I think it's in our nature. It's a requirement of our nature that we need love uh, for emotional reasons, uh, psychological, uh, sexual, uh, you name it, right? Like there's so many reasons why we need love in our lives. But if I can put it in one line, uh, and it's, it might sound a bit radical, I would say uh, we give and receive love in the same way that uh, we do business, right? It's a currency of exchange. Hmm. Only the difference is, uh, you know, in, in business, the currency of exchange is money. In love, the currency of exchange is values. Now that's loaded, so wow. I need to expand, unpack it a little bit if I can. Yeah, please do. Uh, so first, let me tell you what's the framework and we can play with it. Okay. So the framework I, I built is, I call it the magic of love. Very fitting yeah. word. I like yeah. that. Okay. And it, it, it has nothing to do with magic. Uh, it's very grounded I mean, in, in my in my head it does, but okay, I'm going to go with you on okay, this. But it's the, you know, so what I mean by, so it's a, like an acronym. Okay. And M stands for mirror, mm -hmm. which is our need for psychological visibility. Mm. As lovers, and I'm going to expand later on that, uh, as lovers, we need the psychological vi visibility. We need to, to know that I can see you mm. and you can see me. I can hear you and you can hear me. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about that. So that's um, uh, the, um, uh, the A stands for ambition and admiration. And that's an essential need. We need to be admired by our lovers. We need to be admired by someone. Um, and uh, we need to have our ambition, not just in the workforce, but in terms of values. I need to know, which segues to the third one, which is growth. I need to know that I'm growing in terms of values. I love that. Right? I'm growing in terms of virtues. Like if I ask you, um, would you be willing to be with someone who degrades you, who doesn't push your ambition, 
who doesn't want to see you growing in your life professionally and personally who doesn't pinpoint that why you've been dishonest here right like you we need that we need that uh, spiritual growth in our life um and i sense for intimacy so this encompasses uh, sexual intimacy and deep intimacy in terms of even when we have a, a conversation the thing we talk about uh, when it comes to love is completely different from strangers right and the last one is currency uh, and i think that's the most radical the mirror mm -hmm. and the, the currency are the most radical because we don't think about it this way we th when i ask you what do you think of when you think of love mm -hmm. what would you say like what is love Mm, for me, I mean, that's a really good question. I feel like love for me is consistency or commitment. Okay. And how is it different from, uh, we're talking about romantic love, yes. just to be sure. And how is it different from friendship? Probably the intimacy aspect. Okay. And uh, suppose that you are consistent and committed with a, rela committed with a relationship, uh, by you not uh, growing. And that for me, when you said G, the magic, the G in magic was for growth, it was kind of a light bulb moment because usually you don't associate growing as a person, as an individual, whether it's spiritually or in any other way through your relationship. Yeah. So that's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. And it's worth unpacking, I think. Mm. Uh, so, so if you think about it, consistency and commitment are really derivative, right? But they're not fundamental. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're the branches, but they're not the roots. They're important. Mm -hmm. But the root is, if you think about it, what is to love? To love is to value. You value someone so deeply, so passionately, so intensely that you can't imagine life without them, mm. right? So it's the ultimate kind of value. Now, what do you do in a relationship? Well, you exchange values. Mm -hmm. That's the currency of exchange, right? If I'm buying a phone now, I'm paying with my money uh, for the effort of another person's mind and effort to build that phone, right? Mm -hmm. He created a value and I'm giving material value for his creation. In love, you're doing the same thing. Only the currency is value and virtue. It's the character you built in yourself Mm. It's your integrity, your honesty, all these virtues. It's the style of your soul that I'm paying for with my values, with my character. Mm. Right. So the payment is spiritual, it's not material, but that's the exchange. Interesting. And that's why you can't even conceive of the idea. And I'm sure we've all been there when you're an honest person, for example, and you go out with someone who's supposedly honest, but then you discover that he's a cheat. Yeah. Why? You can't exchange anymore the value. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that's it, the essence of it. It's interesting what you're saying, because I think a big part of how we des define love comes from our culture and society and kind of the parameters that they put in place for it. So what do you think of this idea of showing love in a way that is true to us versus how the other person wants to receive love? Are we complicating it a little bit too much? Because the way that you talk about it, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's beautiful as a principle and as a framework, mm. uh, but it also removes the very real emotional spontaneity of, of the nature of the relationship. I mean, a big reason why we're drawn to it, whether it's an intimate re romantic relationship or even a friendship. Yeah. 
What are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely not. Mm. Uh, so I think there's no love without emotion. Mm. But to understand values and mm. love, we need to understand the, the nature of emotion, mm -hmm. right? So your emotions, and, I, and this is the greatest debate in history of philosophy. Um, so if, if you think about what's the nature of emotion, why do we feel? Mm. Right? Where is it coming from, this feeling? Why do you look at someone and say, I, I love that person. I'm so attracted to that. Mm. Right? So this is like a like a, a signal in you, but it's coming from someplace, mm -hmm. which is your values, your view of life. Okay. So I have an analogy I think which is worth exploring. Think about uh, your mind as made of dots, right? And you want to connect the dots mm -hmm. and think about all your emotions and values and ideas and conclusions about love all of these as dots mm -hmm. right now think about stage fright okay right and i want your audience think have you ever felt that you're afraid of the stage mm. right like we all felt that, absolutely right? i felt that yeah uh, well if you think about it the stage fright is a dot mm. that fear of the stage is a dot in your system in your mind it's connected to other dots but the connection is not so much complex. And that's why when you get coached in a few months, you become, uh, you, you know, you can rock the stage. Because someone right? helped you make the, make the connection. Because someone helped you make the connection. Okay. But not just that, because the connection is not too deep. Right. OK. Um, we can explore that. But for example, the fear of stage can be just fear of other people or lack of structure. So if you teach someone how to structure their speech, and how to overcome that, uh, uh, you know, self-doubt, they can do it. And it's so easy. True. Right? Love. Yeah. Ooh. Doesn't have a formula. <laughs> well, it's so different. Why? Think about, I mean, your life. Have you ever been in love with someone and you discovered that he's the wrong person? Absolutely. And you knew it all along. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Why? If love was so simple, if love was just a dot connected to a few other dots, if love was just an emotion, all you have to say is, well, I'm feeling something for this person, <laughs> but, you know, he's a cheat. I'm not going to be with him. Yeah. But it never happens this way. Why? Because love, by its nature, is a complicated system of dots made not just emotions, but of emotions and ideas and values and conclusions and culture and society, all of these form your view of love. And that's why it's so complex. Wow. That's why when you're feeling love, the, the feeling is the thing that you're, you're, you're perceiving, but there's a backstage process filled with your whole philosophy of life mm. that make you feel, uh, that make you love another person or not. Do you see that? Yeah, wow. All right, so if we were to look at it on more of a, conceptual level first of all do you think love is a concept or a construct and it would be great if you could help just our audience understand the difference between a concept and a construct before answering that okay so simply put any word you use mm -hmm. is a concept okay except the names okay right but friendship uh, love uh, leadership you know even furniture is a concept it's a lower level concept but it's a concept so you think about concept as a mental integration of so many other things that okay. exist. Mm. That's, a, that's a concept. A construct, usually a social construct, is something that we come to agree on. Mm -hmm. And we say, okay, in our culture, we believe that love is one, two, three. Mm -hmm. right? uh, which means that there's no really uh, uh, 
conception for that concept. They just, you know, I believe that love is this, you know. Uh, so m in many ways, love is treated as a social construct. And I think that's a, one of the problems. Uh, but uh, love can be defined and love is a concept. In order to know that concept of love, you have to investigate its nature. Mm. You have to understand what gives rise to the concept of love. Mm. And do you think this is something that um, if we were to look at it on kind of a personal level, because our relation uh, love is obviously not limited to romantic relationships. It, yeah. it goes into, you know, platonic relationships, familial relationships, friendships. I saw you raise your eyebrows there. Mm. So if you have something you, yeah, you'd I, like um, to rebut, please yeah. shoot. Tell me. Uh, okay, so so uh, platonic mm. uh, love is a you can think of it as a as an idea. Okay. Uh, okay, briefly, I'm, I'm, this is interesting actually. So platonic love is coming from uh, the ideas of Plato. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Plato believed uh, he had this what we call in philosophy mind body di dichotomy, which is he believed that the man, mind uh, or the ideas and the body are disconnected, are separated. Mm -hmm. So in his view, there was this reality of the flesh of the body, but the realm of ideas belongs to other world. Other world? Yeah, another world, another reality, oh, the wow. reality of perfection, Okay. right? Um, and that's why when you say actually platonic love, what we really mean is impossible love. Wow. It's a love devoid from ideas. It's love for, for just impossible because you cannot connect them. It's love, uh, it's, a, it's a lust for the body. Uh, and it's a love in terms of um, uh, ideas, but you cannot connect it with the body, mm. right? That's why you see, for example, uh, in Shakespeare, love is impossible. Yeah. Right? That's why you see later on in the uh, uh, medieval period uh, that the flesh is sinful. The mm. body is sinful, yeah. right? This is coming all from Plato. But it's interesting because now the, the more that you talk about it, it feels <laughs> it feels like the biggest thing that has influenced culture today yeah. in our in our understanding of what love means and what it means to love, yeah, putting absolutely. all of these parameters around it. Absolutely. The, it's it's that's why I think it's this is one of the most important topic to talk about love. Mm. Right. It's unbelievable how important it is because we've been told for years, right, for centuries that this is love. Love yeah. is impossible. Love is only spiritual. Mm. Uh, love uh, and the body is sinful, right? Uh, if, if you share, any time you contact with someone from a, from a body perspective, it's a, it's a sin, it's something bad, uh, it's dirty, mm. right? Um, so uh, so that, this is where the whole idea is coming from, from platonic love, which I don't believe in. Mm. I think we're made of mind and body, mm. and love is the ultimate celebration of the mind and the body. Mm, I think that's a really good way to to define it. And it's interesting that you said celebration because a lot of people tend to see love involving a certain degree of sacrifice and selflessness and selfishness in some cases. Do you agree with this view? This is the crux of the issue. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay, I want you to look me in the eye. <laughs> Just let's, let's role play like Tell I do me. with my daughter. <laughs> And I want you to tell me I love you. Okay. Or you look at the camera, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. What did you just say? I love you. Say it one more time. I love you. 
you're saying I yeah. love you. Which means in order to say I love you, you have to learn how to say I. And that is the crux of the issue. We live in a culture that tells us to have an eye is bad. You have to be selfless. Ah. Mm-hmm. Whereby love is the most selfish thing you can ever do. And let me explain. Okay. So the opposite of selflessness mm. is not selfishness. It's narcissism. Mm. Right. So what? think about it this way. What, does, what would it mean or what would it look like if you are a selfless person? A selfless person. It means you do not care about yourself or you do not consider yourself. Yeah. Ah. And even more than that, what would happen if you keep on living without caring and considering yourself? What would that state be? You do not value yourself. Even more. Death. Yeah. Yeah, true. Right? A, a person without without a self is a, a body, is a dead body. Right? Yeah. So, so selflessness, and, and this is a whole debate in philosophy, is the whole idea that your moral duty is to sacrifice yourself to others, mm. right? Is, and that's where the idea of love, of unconditional love is coming from. I don't want any condition. Mm. I love you for your failures, but think about it. How can you do that? How can you not have a self and say, I love you? Now, here's where the confusion happened, which is a problem of language. Mm. Is that we say, okay, so what's the opposite of that? Well, selflessness, uh, the opposite of it should be selfishness. Mm. But it doesn't work. And I'll tell you why. Because to say I'm selfish, it means I care for myself. I Mm. consider myself. uh, I want to invest in myself. But it doesn't say anywhere at the expense of other people. The way we conceive it. Oh, my God. Yeah. You see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so interesting because... it's this idea that for me to have, it means you cannot have, which is not the case. It's not a zero-sum game, right? Interesting. And that's why the opposite of selflessness, which mm-hmm. is the same coin, is a narcissist. Mm. A narcissist is someone who wants you in the realm of love, who wants you to, to love him without earning your love, wow. without working on himself to earn himself, right? and build the virtues for you to love him. Mm. And that's why you see every single dictator throughout history is a narcissist because he wants to appeal uh, or appear as uh, a leader, Mm -hmm. uh, as virtuous without earning it, without working on it. Which is why there are such severe consequences if you do not show them that love. Absolutely, that's why they use force. Wow. So so that's why when you say, I love you, I always say that you can't actually find love until you become what you wish to find. Oh, I Let love me that. repeat that. You can't find love until you become what you wish to find. And that process of becoming is the process of earning your eye. It's an achievement to say, I. Mm, earning your eye. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think that's, and I, I have to say, I struggled for years to understand that. Mm. You know, um, I had a talk in, in Serbia a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things I shared with them, I was talking about love, is that uh, for years I thought that uh, uh, to tell a woman I love you is a form of weakness. Mm. Right? Because we've been raised to be a macho and a man. I can't mm. tell her I love you. Mm-hmm. Right? But it was a... You, it, 
I, I discovered that it, it was a way of me faking reality. It was a way of me hiding my self-esteem or my lack of it. Wow. Do you see that? Yeah. Because to love is to have self-esteem. You need that Okay, that's too much. No, 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 no. that's stop. that's a I like that's that's such a great statement. First of all, you need to slow down. I mean, there's okay, two okay, there's after. there's a lot of beautiful me, things. There are beautiful things that are being said here. Okay. To express love honestly and truly and directly is proof of one's own self-esteem and one's own own how comfortable they are with themselves and with their eye. That's beautiful. Unpack that for me. That is so beautiful. Think about it. I mean, that's such a nice way. Because when I think about even just saying, I love you, there's so much weight put on those words. And there's such a make or break. Like there's a timeline for when you should say them. And and it's supposed to mean a variety of different things if you don't say them. And it's just... And look at the words. That's why I love the English language. Mm. I love you. I is something that I have to earn by building my character, my mm-hmm. conduct, my virtues, my values. Love is a verb. You're not saying I feel it, right? Mm. I love, I'm going to do something I, with I you. I want to love you. Right? Yeah, yeah. I love, love is a verb here. Correct. Okay, which means there's another thing I can add as a, a bit, um, it might sound a bit radical, but it's not just a feeling. It's not just an action, love. It's a judgment. In a How rational so? way. How so? Because you're evaluating that the person in front of you is worthy of your love and you're worthy of them. Which means you look, you need to look at all the facts, mm. right? And if you felt love for someone whom you know that there's something uh, not honest, for example, or they don't have integrity, that they, there's something about your feelings that is not too accurate. Because mm. the feelings are feelings. Mm. But what's where they're coming from? from your ideas. So I'm going to work on my ideas in order to experience life in a different way. So that I love and the you is I'm looking at you, you're my mirror. That's why I want to love you, right? So when I look at you, I see the celebration of my values. A reflection of my beliefs. A reflection of my beliefs in you. I love that. Okay, so if we were to think of it that way, does that mean that fundamentally love is conditional? And there's no shame in that? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and that's why sometimes we we don't invest a lot of time in the language, right? And we use word like how many times you've heard the word? Well, love is blind. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. <laughs> Think about it. What yeah. does it mean? Yeah, it means it means that you you cannot be rational. You could you do not see the things that are apparently there. It it robs you of your ability to look at something objectively. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And who wants to live like that? Who wants to live just like that? And that's why, and that's why it's something that people struggle with yeah. because they 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 say to themselves, "Well, love is blind. I have no idea why I decided mm-hmm. to marry uh, Dana." Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why, after a couple of years, yeah, you see them cheating on each other. Correct. And that's why many people I have friends like that who struggled, and they said, "Okay, let's divorce." Yeah. But then they said, "What about our child?" I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because whether it's the child or the the quote-unquote commitment, because in some religious practices, that's not even an option, yeah. there is this glorification of pain and suffering within relationships to justify or prove a deeper level of love. 
which I find infuriating because what You're a... hitting the notes. I can't think of the word. You're robbing yourself in that case. That's how I see it. It's just a, it's a, it's a very extreme way of thinking. And it almost, it starts to, it starts to weaken what love is supposed to mean. I mean, it takes away from everything that love is supposed to mean, if that's really what it means. Equating it with pain and suffering is what proves that it is worthy of having. Absolutely, Donna. And that's why we do so many studies and we collect data on how many people are getting divorced. Mm. But we don't do the same study of how many people are happily married. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's so true. Because that is becoming abnormal. Yeah. Whereby being unhappy is abnormal. Is the normal. When people talk about a marriage today, it's not even like it's become a, a... this ongoing joke where, ah, you know, it's over, life's over, he's done, exactly, (laughs) you're done, you're done, that's it, you know, no more being single, whatever, you you spend your whole life wanting to find this partner to share your life with, and the minute it gets to marriage, all of the, the, it it becomes the joke, it becomes the punchline. Yeah, and these punchlines, I call them catchphrases, Mm. they dominate our culture, I mean, now you go to a movie, and you see, I'm not going to deviate, but because it's it's related to it. You see, how many times you've heard that line? Well, it's nothing personal. Ugh, it's just business. I hate that line. I'm seeing it in kids' movies. Yeah. In cartoon. What are you telling our children and us? Mm. That it's evil to do business, mm. right? But business is personal. Correct. Right? In the same way, when you watch a movie and you see that love is blind and love is completely irrational, love is the harmony between your emotion and your reason. Mm-hmm. Right? When you say, I love you, when you want to choose someone you love, you know why you love them. You love them for their virtues. And that's why the moment they betray their virtues, we need to talk. And it's right? a betrayal of self. Absolutely. Do you think that love is a choice? But all values mm. are a matter of choice. Uh, that's the meaning of, of value. So, so, and the way I define value is anytime you're acting to gain something, mm. okay, and to keep it for you, uh, that's a value. That's mm. a value for your life, right? Now you have material value, spiritual value, intellectual value. So this is, this is what makes us human is that we can choose. We have the free will to choose the value and we're the only creature who can choose to destroy ourselves. Mm. Animals don't do that. Mm. We're the only people who choose to be irrational and out of our nature. That's what irrational means. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, choose uh, a vice. Mm. To go against our nature. To go against and destroy ourselves. You know, that's actually, a, and it, you know, as sad as that is, that's an incredibly empowering thought. Um, do you think that, and I always think about this, is love in I know it's instinctual, but is it intrinsic? Like, can someone love or give love if they themselves have not experienced love? Experienced? Yeah. And it could it could start at home. Like they never, they just, their circumstances, they never got the love that they needed. Um, life hardened them from for whatever reason. Do these people have the capacity to love? Or is it kind of the type of thing where you would have had to experience to understand? Yeah. Well, I think the best way for all of us to explore this is to really uh, just move a little bit from the realm of the conceptual, which is love, very conceptual term, and think about something uh, a bit concrete, Mm. right? Like uh, this wooden chair, Mm. like uh, I'm sitting alone. No one is teaching me how to build this chair. Is it possible for me to build it? 
absolutely i have to learn how to do it uh, we talked once about castaway yeah right and i want to give this example mm. so uh, tom hanks in castaway two scenes that are absolutely amazing that that shows the real meaning of self esteem and everything we're talking about he he he's a successful businessman but he's alone on an island and he have this coconut mm. he doesn't know how to open it yeah and he struggles but when he opens it <laughs> he celebrates right yeah in and a very big way so he learned that learning is mm. the value mm-hmm. right and that coconut is the value for his survival mm-hmm. same thing for the fire what did he say when he built fire mm-hmm. i i made fire right? yes 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 that's a celebration that's pride that's why with the first time i met you i told you i love that you say i'm proud of myself <laughs> we shouldn't be ashamed of that um so so to go back to love absolutely i may not know how to how to love i can learn it right mm-hmm. as long as uh, and by the way i'm not saying that love is only possible to certain people in a certain condition absolutely not mm-hmm. right we are all born to go back to the analogy of the dots our parents and education and culture give us all these connections of dots mm-hmm. right uh, that most of them might be mistaken from a honest perspective but they might be mistaken mm-hmm. our responsibility as individuals mm-hmm. as independent thinkers right is to reconnect this dot mm-hmm. and we do that through reflection introspection and through understanding and thinking independently what would it mean asking these philosophical question what is love yeah let me go and look for it mm-hmm. let me let me look at people who are in love and see what are the characteristics uh, that showed me that that they're in love from just observation from observation do you think this is something because now we live in a world that has very much evolved we are in an age of automation artificial intelligence uh, we are everything is so conveniently at our fingertips that sometimes the mere notion of independent thought becomes too big of an ask in some cases do you think this is something that um, should be done individually or is that really where the collective of us as people coming together and having discussions like this you know it all it's almost like it's the rebirth of that movement let's call it going back to that so you're talking about whether independent thinking can be achieved individually or collectively correct so think about it this way can i eat instead of you yes no can i eat your food instead of can i oh, oh can you take my no yeah. no no you're no, right you have your own stomach correct right if i go to the gym and build my muscles will you gain yours no no why should we assume that thinking happens in a different way thinking mm. is an individual act it's a, it's my it's my most private thing ever my mind my thinking mm. but it's not enough because we want to share that thinking we want to learn from other people that's how knowledge is built by learning from other people and that's why we come together and we've both been in a creative industry right think about brainstorming mm-hmm. how many times you suffered suffered from a brainstorming session oh my session god that's a great example because people are coming unprepared that's such a great example when i was a creative director i had a rule mm. you don't come to a brainstorming session un- unless you did your homework you do you think individually and then you think collectively you share ideas collectively mm. makes sense uh but but that's a very important point because we live in a culture where the individual mean absolutely nothing it's Correct. all about the collective right and i think 
there must be a revolution of thoughts in terms of that. We must go back to thinking individually and, and celebrating the individual. Another question. I know you've created a love system called the Love Shake. You recently gave a talk about it in Europe. As you said, I think it was Serbia. Can you share some insights around the thinking there and what exactly it is? Okay, so basically uh, the, the Love Shake system is something that I had to discover mm-hmm. by introspection, by looking inward. And the one topic that I explored uh, was my father and his hands. Okay. And so I had this whole journey of introspection, looking at what my father, my father's hand um, meant to me. Uh, and one of the things that I discovered in my journey that my father wasn't a very expressive person. So he wouldn't say a lot, I love you. He would show you in everything he, he, he did, like that he loves you, but he's not too expressive. And I was always angry about that. Right? Mm-hmm. I felt that this is something like, I don't want to do that. And I inherited these ideas. But now I learned not to judge him because there's a different ways to love. Right? Uh, I don't think that's a healthy way. You need to express yourself and to show. Uh, but still, there's so many contexts around it. But anyway, in my journey of thinking about all this separation between expression and the meaning of action, uh, I kept digging deeper and I saw myself two years ago, uh, standing in line and shaking people's hands. Mm. And I'm looking at these people and their faces. I knew I know them, but they felt like strangers. Dana, it's like, I know you, but you feel like a stranger. Mm. And they're all coming to me and saying the same words in the most robotic tone ever. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Your father was a good man. May he rest in peace. And I'm like, I I felt numb. And never in my life I saw such contradiction between the movement of hands and the meaning of words. Mm. And then suddenly, out of the blue, a stranger, someone I didn't know, he came to me and I'm shaking his hand. He stopped, come, come, and performed a secret handshake. Okay. So my father had a gimmick right, uh, of a handshake that he only shared it with people who he truly loved. Mm. So he didn't care whether you're family or not. If he loved you, you know the love shake. And that's the love shake. So you stand like this and then you turn, give me your, no, give me your, yeah, your thumb. Mm. And then you turn and then you do this. Ah. So from that, I created a system. Okay. And the system is, I'm going to say it, then explain it. Stand apart. In love, stand apart, Mm. stand together, stand out. Stand apart, which is the recognition that you're two different individuals. You're irrepeatable, irreplaceable, unique. And the the, the purpose of your relationship is not to create a, a fusion of your identities. You're two different identities. So stand apart and acknowledge that there will be conflict. Mm. It's not about just coming together. They stand apart. There will be conflict. And by the way, uh, Khalil Gibran talks about this. And Mm. he says, like, eat uh, something like, eat together, but do not eat from the same cup. Mm. Right? Like, stand together, uh, but stand apart, because the pillar of the temple temple stand apart, something like that. And it's a beautiful way of putting it. Uh, So that's the first principle. Stand apart, acknowledge the conflict, keep your individuality. The second one is stand together and stand together on fundamental values, Mm. right? Not just on opinions or topics, but on deep 
values like honesty, integrity, justice, freedom. These are deep independence. Uh, and when you stand together, when you do that, it takes work, right? It takes so it effort. Takes, it takes effort. And then stand out. And this the whole concept of stand out is coming from branding, which you have to position yourself in the world. And that's something I forgot to mention. And you need to grow and you need to be creative and you need to allow the other person to grow and, and have this unique self, right? Because at the end of the day, what do you fall in love with? The you person. fall in love, huh? The person. Yeah, but what exactly? Their values. Their values. And in the most fundamental level, you fall in love with how you stand, what you stand for, actually, mm. and how you face existence. Together. Alone and then together. I'm going to love the way you face life. And you're going to love the way I face life. And then together we're going to face it. I love it. That's the love shake. That's the love shake? Yes, the love shake. Nice. What question would you pose to me based on the topics that we talked about today? In an attempt for me to consider, th you've given me so much to consider, but if you were to pose a question, what would your question be to me? Okay, but I need to give a bit of context. Yeah, of course. Okay, so I'm going to go back to the mirror uh, framework mm. or psychological visibility and just say this. Uh, when you wake up every day, and you look at the mirror, mm. okay? You look at the mirror and say, I'm Dana. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm proud of myself. I love that I'm being honest. I love the fact that I'm, I'm being productive. I love the fact that I have a balanced drive, a life, and I know how to prioritize. I love the fact that I stood for something unjust today, right? But, and that's all conceptually in your mind. It's a form of self-reflection. Mm. But what we all need is a reflection, a mirror, to say, where can I see those same values in another person? And that would be my question to you. Mm. And it doesn't have to be a romantic uh, partner. Yeah. But that's the value, I think, of friendship. And that's yeah. what I see. That's immediately I what I thought of, by the way. Yeah. 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 And that's why what you're doing is so important. That's why friendship is so important. Uh, uh, and I want to stress, these kind of conversation is what we need to become what we wish to find. Mm. I love that. Leopold, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank it you. has been such a pleasure. And I'm sure our audience can agree, honestly. I feel like you've given us so much to think about. And I one don't want them to agree. <laughs> I want them to, let, let's talk more about No, no, it. they'll agree that there's yeah. so much to consider. Uh, okay, they'll yeah, agree yeah. that there's so much to <laughs> consider. And I think, I think it will drive a discussion. And I don't think this will be our last discussion. I mm. hope not. Where can our audience learn more about you and what you do and maybe connect with you offline? Uh, LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, my name, Leopold uh, Ajami. Or uh, just go to novelphilosophy.academy. Uh, we have courses there. Uh, we have, uh, you can reach out to me directly there. Um, so these are the two outlets, I would say. Oh, and yeah. Ideas on, uh, on Trial. The ideas on Trial podcast. Yeah. That's a plug. Follow yeah. it. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs> Thank you, Leopold. Thank you so much. To all our listeners, I want to thank you for the privilege of your time. If you're enjoying the show, please like, comment, or share the episode. Also, please subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you listen to it. We've just added Anrami as one of the platforms. Any and all support is always appreciated, so thank you in advance. Please do feel free to reach out with any sort of feedback on the content or share if anything resonated. We love hearing it all. In the meantime, I hope you found something to consider. <laughs>